There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our end of the week, our Friday edition of the podcast. I'd like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We certainly are thankful for those of you who have listened all week. And we appreciate you tuning in. Tonight is the last night here at the Black Creek Baptist Church, 6 p.m. Lord willing, the Lord will meet with us and uh, see what God is going to do in this place. Then on Sunday, we'll be over in Wellsville at the Anchor Baptist Church. That's in Wellsville, New York. And so we look forward to what the Lord is going to do. We'd love to have you in the services if you're not going anywhere else. Or if you have a morning, afternoon service, love to have you on Sunday night and uh, see what the Lord will do. And looking forward to uh, the goodness of God and how we rejoice in his goodness, how we rejoice in the excellence is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've extolled him to that position that he's worthy of, that highest seat of honor. There is none higher. We've extolled him and we've put him in that seat of the potentate. There's none greater, none higher than the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we teach and preach this podcast, because there is no one higher than he. We are back in Hebrews chapter 5 again today. Those of you that follow along in your Bibles, we'll be starting in verse 1. Those of you listening, you can just focus on the scripture. But he said, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now what he does here is it's a continuation of the end of chapter 4. For he says, For every high priest. Why is that? We come boldly under the throne of grace, and we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need for every high priest. And he said this, taken from among men, is ordained for men. There were high priests that would take those offerings, to high priests that would take those gifts. What are those gifts? Those things that were to be offered. They are the gifts, and then the sacrifice is the slaying of that animal, and then that animal is offered. And so those high priests were ordained for this purpose in the things pertaining to God. This was not for man. This was not an ordinance for man. This is not even the desire of man. This is what God had ordained, and God had made it so that that high priest was taken from among men. In modern day, we don't have priests. Why? We have a great high priest, but we no longer have priests in the true New Testament church because we have men that ordained of God to preach to proclaim truth, but they do not have the power to absolve sin. They do not have the power to cover sin. They do not have the power to offer up those sacrifices as they did in the Old Testament. That's what Paul is annulling. That's what Paul is speaking of here. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with affirmity. So he tells us then that Jesus Christ is that one. We see that in verse 15. For we have not an high priest who, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, verse 14, 
He said, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Yet he was tempted. And so therefore he was not weak. He did not have any weakness in his mental state, not have any weakness in his physical state. That's the Holy One of God. Never broke a bone. I believe never had a leg cramp, never had a sore muscle, had no mental infirmity, had no physical infirmity. There was no weakness. There was no lack of strength. There was no declination in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why the Word of God tells us for the, that man, that high priest ordained for men, he had those infirmities. In fact, he was compassed with infirmity. Age has come upon him. It's an age-related infirmity. Sickness has come upon him. He has a sickness, uh, sickness-related infirmity. Uh, therefore, that high priest could not sit in that office more than the years that God offered to him because of that infirmity. Then he would be removed from the office. Another high priest would come. Then he would be removed. But now we have a high priest who has no infirmity. Why? He's taken our infirmities upon himself. He himself bore our infirmities. And so we see that high priest of man was infirmed. That high priest of man had a limitation. But now in Jesus Christ, we see that that Jesus Christ has not infirmity. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons the Bible tells us to bow down to the old man. We honor that hoary head of the old man because he is infirmed. We honor him for who he has been. Because he doesn't have the strength he once had. He doesn't have the mental capacity he once had. He's infirm. He's compassed with infirmity. And therefore, we bow down to that one that you may not see any strength. You may not see uh, any kind of power. You may not see any kind of uh, observance that this man walks with God because of that infirmity. But therefore, we honor that hoary head because we all are going to be infirmed one day. And God forbid these young Preachers mock those old men, make light of those old men. I've seen it so many times over my years. An older man gets up to preach and he repeats himself and he stumbles over his words. And then he repeats himself again and he repeats himself again. And all the cocky hotshot preachers, they themselves will be infirmed one day. And by the way, if they mock the man of God, it'll probably be a whole lot sooner than later. They are going to reap exactly what they've sown. And they sit there and make light of that old man, not honoring that hoary head because he is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof, he ought, as for the people, as also for himself, to offer for sins. And because of that infirmity, that's why he offers for himself. He's weak. He's spiritually weak. He's physically weak. He's mentally weak. He, that's why Jesus Christ was tempted at all points of the law. Just like I was, just like you were, just like the high priest was, yet without sin. It had to be so. Why? Because he's going to take that upon himself. He himself is going to offer sins where that high priest once made that offering for sins. That's why it says in verse 4, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And therefore the calling is of God. The responsibility is given of God. Knowing that man is infirmed, knowing that man is a great picture of the weakness of man, yet God calls him as he called Aaron. Put him in office as he put Aaron in office. And so also Christ glorified not himself, to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And that's why the Lord told us that in Psalms 2 and verse 7, I will declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day 
Have I begotten thee? Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. That high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he didn't make himself a high priest. He didn't glorify himself to be a high priest. The Lord himself made him the high priest because he said, Thou art my son. As he also saith in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Why? Because he is a son. He's the son of God. God has chosen him to be that high priest. That's Psalm 110 and verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of thy morning, Thou hast the dew of thy youth, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then he says, the Lord, lowercase O-R-D, Jesus Christ, at thy right hand, shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Who's at the right hand of God? We know it's the word of God. And so therefore we see prophecy fulfilled. Paul is telling us of this prophecy When he speaks of Jesus Christ, who was made a high priest, who in the days of his flesh, so this is Jesus Christ in verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Now you say, where are those strong crying and tears? Well, we see that all through the scripture. I'm just looking at a couple of places back in the Psalms. Of course, amen. Psalm 31 and verse 13. And he said here, For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. He said, Well, they took counsel against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. And then we see across the page in Psalm 34 and verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And then the companion is verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. So when Jesus Christ cried, the word of God tells in Psalm 18, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came to him even into his ear. In verse 5, he speaks of the cry. We see it all through the scriptures. We see the cry of Jesus Christ, the cry of the righteous. It was with strong crying and tears that the Lord heard him. And so that's one of those things I've preached this for several years now. We see that cry throughout the word of God. We see it in chapter three of verse four. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. We see it in Psalm 55 and verse five. Again, that cry who's strong crying and tears. He said, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me. What did he do when horror overwhelmed him? He said in verse 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. So we see the weeping Savior. We see a crying Savior. We see when he, the days of his flesh, that's when Jesus Christ on earth in flesh, he cries, he weeps. He's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. We know that God bottled his tears 
We know that he wept in the night season. We know we, he watered his couch with his tears. And we see that all throughout the scriptures. Why? Because he was a man of sorrows. He was a man that was strong crying and tears, the word of God said. He offered up prayers and supplications. How did he do that? He offered them to him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Now you say, if he was able to save him from death, why did he die on the cross? Well, that's one of the great battles we've been in for the last couple of years. That death is not the death of the cross. To save him from death is when he's in the pit, when he's in the heart of the earth, He's gone to the lowest parts of the earth. His soul has been offered for sin and his cry comes before the father, even into his ear. And he said, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Where is that? When he's dead. It's after he's dead. How did he cry? Because he's been offered for sin. He's died the second death. But it's in those days with prayers and supplication, strong crying and tears, he cries out to God, God heard him, and he was able to save him from death. The prayers of Jesus Christ, the supplications of Jesus Christ. I suspect it's why you and I today, when we pray, we try to pray in the Holy Ghost, but I suspect it's why the Spirit has to make intercession for us because we are infirm. Because here's what he says in Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so what is that? Because you and I are infirmed. We have those weaknesses. Physical, mental, spiritual. All of those things infirm us. All of those things inhibit us. All of those things will keep us distant from God. But we'll pray, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't understand because we can't think of it. We don't know we're weak. In fact, in his weakness, he, in our weakness, he's made strong. But we don't see that because we don't think we're weak. We think we have this great spiritual strength, this great mental acuity, this great physical strength. But can I say to you, friend, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, that is going to flee you one day, and more than ever, you're going to need the Spirit to make intercession with those groanings which cannot be uttered. That is the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed. That's the prayer that he prayed when he prayed with supplications. He was not infirmed. He was not weak. He was made weak that you and I might be made free. And therefore, we see in the scriptures that the Lord helped him to pray. It was in the days of his flesh when he walked on this earth. It was with strong crying and tears. He's offered up these prayers and supplications, I believe, on our behalf. But I believe also that God would deliver him from that death. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Lord, will be back here Monday with the rest of Hebrews chapter 5. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. 
You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption called night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.